And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. We have made it to the end of the week. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, BR549. The chat is open. You can leave comments. If you are not live with us, you can still leave a comment. We do ask that you give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Be a part of the conversation. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. If you are listening to us as a podcast, welcome. We are glad you're here as well. And it appears that we've got people listening from all over the world on various different podcast players. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Double Twist, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Pocket Casts. And it looks like we've got people listening in Taiwan and Australia and South Africa and Germany, the UK, Ireland, Canada, and Sweden. So we're glad that you're part of this crowd. So there is that. We are broadcasting live to YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. We've revived our Twitch channel. I may regret it, but there it is. Uh, Right now we've got 76 followers over there, so we need to get those numbers up because we're going to try to um, revisit the watch party idea. We've already got a couple of suggestions on movies that we can watch, Battlefield Earth being one of them. So, we're looking at that. We need to have some more eyeballs over there uh, to uh, to make it worth our while and actually to have a really good conversation with everybody that's uh, that's part of it. So if you have a Twitch channel, you want to uh, follow us over there. We might even follow you back. It's all about building connections, about building community. That's that nice buzzword that people like to use, right? All right. So there it is. It is Thursday. Coming up tonight on a new night. I'm going to make this, uh, probably going to make this uh, the the regular schedule for a while. I'm not sure. Depends on how it goes. But tonight, we'll have the Ranker Pit on at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Tom from Midnight's Edge will be here along with Cameron Pasha. He's been making the rounds on a lot of different YouTube channels. So we said, hey, come on our YouTube channel. So he's happy to do that. We'll be talking about the Gina Carano situation Pedro Pascal's move over to The Last of Us, the ratio that uh, that uh, slammed the Oscars on their YouTube channel, and it still continues. So we'll be talking about all of that. All right, so let's get into this here. Uh, we're on all the social, so find us over there. I do also invite you to check out our newsletter, sign up for that. Link is in the show description, as well as uh, you go over to sci-fi4me.com and fill out the form that pops up over there. So, welcome everyone. Thanks very much for being here. We have made it to the end of the week, at least for this show. And through the morning, I have to I have to admit that uh, the last couple of days, um, one of the reasons why I've been late is because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, what am I going to talk about? And yesterday, I kind of had an idea, and uh, I was able to able to do an hour on on all of that. Today, I'm I'm pretty much uh, shooting blanks. I don't have a, a specific topic 
for the hour, nor do I have a guest today. So I'm kind of improvising at this point. I had thought about a little bit, I had thought about possibly discussing the impact and influence from a media standpoint uh, that Rush Limbaugh had on everything that has come in the last 30 years. But uh, I'm, I, I figure it's probably a little bit more polarizing than I would like to get. Um, I certainly have my feelings about it. And, and watching Twitter uh, explode in celebratory glee over Limbaugh's death yesterday was just completely disheartening and sickening to see. I have, the older I get the less faith in humanity I have. And that is disquieting for me on a number of fronts because my my background, my history, my life uh, has been spent as a Christian, as somebody who has been taught about how you how you treat people uh, and how you take care of people. And it's, it's one of those things where I see so much hate online, so much narcissism online, so much vitriol and disrespect. And it, on the one hand, it makes me sit and think, I, I really would prefer to just jump in a hole and do away with any connections to humanity at all. But that goes in conflict, that comes into conflict with the notion that as Christians we're supposed to be examples to other people. And, and there have been times, I will, I will admit, and I will be the first to admit, there are times where I fall down on that myself. We all do. And when I hear people celebrating and, and wishing ill upon Limbaugh, and I, I was not happy about it when I saw people uh, that, were, that were happy about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg either. I think that any celebration of a person's death motivated by hate is vile and despicable. I think that if we are going to be better, we have to decide to be better. It's a choice. I remember when I made I made a I made a couple of, of different films. I made a short film, I made a feature film uh, that involved fathers giving advice to their sons. And one of the reasons that I did this is because I wanted to have something for posterity, I guess. But the the thing that was running through my head was, you know, with regard to marriage, with regard to love, that I wanted to have something. What would I say to my son? And so I I did a little self insert here, and and the fathers in those two, in those scenes are me, and the idea of relationships and and advice to the kid. One of the things that I put in there is that, you know, love is a choice. It's an action. It's a, it's a decision. It's not something that you just do. It's not something that comes naturally for a lot of people. You have to work at it. Uh, one of the reasons why my first marriage did not work out is because neither of us made that choice. And it's... It's one of those things where I sit there and I think, okay, well, there is there is the this notion that humanity is lost, and so many people have chosen hate, so many people have chosen uh, disrespect and and uh, basically basically themselves. 
this selfishness and narcissism that, that we are in the midst of now, the dishonesty. I mean, you see it even, even in how movies are marketed. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not in that movie. And then they announce that they're in the movie. Lying has become a virtue. And I think that that will ultimately contribute to the downfall of modern civilization. I don't, that sounds like hyperbole. But you look at how we treat each other now. And, and Limbaugh's death is just the latest illustration of this. But you look at how the fandoms are divided and treating each other. You look at how the creators of those things, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, how, how the people who are in charge of those things are treating the fans just in general. The lack of respect is staggering. And on the one hand, I find myself wanting to pull away from all of it and not engage in any contact with the outer world at all. I'm perfectly comfortable here in my studio, in my basement, at World Headquarters, down in the bunker. I have, I have my coffee. I have my bacon. I have my, my, my sausage links. And I have my, my, uh, my Dr. Pepper. I'm good. I have heat and electricity, fortunately. And I don't have to get out that much. And there's a part of me that does not want to get out. Whether, you know, the pandemic and, and, and the masks and all of that being, being another thing. But just in general, just dealing with people. I don't know how many times. I think Mrs. Boss has probably lost count of the times that I've, that I've complained about people. Hello, Mazurus in the chat. Welcome. Thanks for being here, sir. And I did get your message. Um, there are times when we have a discussion, well, do you want to go out to eat tonight? And even, even before we had to deal with the whole mask thing, sometimes those questions, those discussions devolved into me letting out quite a bit of a sigh with the idea of uh, it's I have to I'd have to deal with people. The older I get, the less patience I have with people. And I see that as a failing on my part. It's a it's a it's a something that I have to work on. Because from a Christian standpoint, we need to be able to interact with people. We need to be able to show people respect. We need to be able to set an example for others, if you will, that whole light and salt part of the scriptures, where we are tasked with teaching, with setting an example. And yelling at people online, engaging with the trolls and name-calling and gatekeeping and all of this other stuff, that's not in line with what I've been taught, how I've been raised. And there's a certain amount of self-examination that takes place a lot when, when I sit there and think about what my responsibilities are as a person, what my responsibilities are as a Christian, what my responsibilities are as a, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a brother, all, all of these different things. And it's a tough, it's a tough road to hoe. It really is. And I look at what, I look at the, the, the behavior online from people and it's not just Again, not just the reactions to Limbaugh's death. It's everything. It's the Gina Carano situation. It's the, the national security questions of whether or not we need a wall at the border. It's, it's um, energy policy. It's environmental policy. It's politics. It's culture. It's entertainment. It's, it's news media. It's all of it. Everything is a fight.
Mazur says, that line of conversations, my wife asked me, what do you want for dinner? A question I am set up to lose. <laughs> Um, yes, we have, we have those conversations and there are, um, there are metaphorical holes in the floor tracks where we've worn out circling the topic. Well, what are you in the mood for? Well, I don't know. What are you in the mood for? I don't know. I'm not craving anything in particular. What do you want? Well, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, we could go out here. We could go out here. We could go out here. Uh, all right. Well, are you in the mood to not go somewhere or what's not on the list? I mean, we could have, we could have conversation for probably a good half hour before we decide on, on maybe three options. And then after that, it's another 15, 20 minutes. Mazur says, the level of disgustingness that followed Limbaugh's passing were not unexpected, which is worrying to me. Manufacturing anger is big business today. It is. It is. And manufactured victimhood is a part of that. And I know a lot of people are, are coming around and talking about how, oh, Limbaugh did this and Limbaugh did that and blah, 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 blah. But politics aside, politics aside, I don't want to get into that, that part. The impact that his show had on media in general, just in general, the Rush Limbaugh program had a huge footprint and it had a huge impact on media and how media is both consumed and how media is produced and who gets to do it. Because you take away the fairness doctrine, which really wasn't fair, you take away the fairness doctrine and that opened up a lot of different possibilities for people who did not have a voice before. Right or left, libertarian, green, whoever. I mean, the, the fact that the media was now opened a little bit more to voices that were not necessarily left of center, it was an opportunity. And, and Limbaugh pioneered that and has been credited with saving AM radio. I mean, you look at how many how many successful talk radio stations there are out there that don't even carry his show. Talk radio was rejuvenated by his show and the shows that came afterwards. And by extension, I could make the argument that YouTube channels like this one have also benefited from that democratization of media. You have a number of people that are successful here on YouTube and on Twitch and various different other media outlets, alternative media, you could say. And 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this would not have been the case. You wouldn't have Sci-Fi For Me TV on YouTube. You wouldn't have Nerdrotic or Geeks and Gamers or PewDiePie or The Quartering or Take Your Pick. There, there was not this. And without Limbaugh kicking the door open for talk and discussion, the options would have been a little bit more limited, quite a bit more limited. And there are a number of us who never would have even looked into the possibility of getting into media in general. I've told the story about how I got started because of a, of a, a, a competition that KVIL Radio did in Dallas when I, was eight, when I was 17 going on 18. I started listening to Limbaugh in about 90, 91, sometime in there when I was in college. And the appeal of his shtick was that he was saying things that other people were thinking and it's that key component i think is important because that's the thing where you see all of the successful youtube channels 
are saying the things that other people are thinking. Whether it has whether it has to do with comic books or video games or movies or television or whatnot, they're finding an audience because they're saying the things that people are already talking amongst themselves say, and they're finding these channels that agree with them. Oh, hey, finally, this is somebody who's saying what I've always thought. That was the key to Limbaugh's success, and I think that's the key to a number of of successful channels. In alternate media, on YouTube and Twitch and Vimeo. Yes, Mazers, KVIL. And I can still do the law, I can still do the legal ID. KVIL Highland Park, KVIL FM, Highland Park, Dallas, Fort Worth. 103.7 FM. Unfortunately, KVIL is no longer the KVIL we grew up with. Mazur says, I think what bothers me the most is that most people everyday, most everyday people who engage in self-victimization on social media do so as the premier means of getting more and more attention. I would agree. And that goes all the way back to post-Civil War era. George Washington Carver, uh, who said that there will always be those groups of people, and I'm paraphrasing, but there are always going to be groups of people who profit, who find ways to profit off of being the victim of someone or some system or something or some company. Victim, victimhood is a business. It is... Unfortunately, a thriving business, and it's encouraged by a number of different organizations who want to pit us against each other. You look at what's going on with Gina Carano right now. We're going to be talking about this more on Ranker Pit tonight. But you look at the, yes, there's a double standard, but yes, okay, Disney can hire and fire whoever they want, and they can apply their standards evenly or not as they as they deem fit, and that's fine. That's that's what they do. But in this, if you're going to call it consequence culture, then Disney needs to understand that there are going to be consequences to their decisions as well, and those consequences are financial, not social. When people start to not buy your product, when people refuse to buy what you sell because of management decisions or policies or marketing or they just don't like the product or whatever, those are, those are real-world consequences. And I think that the people at Disney and Lucasfilm and, and the stockholders have a dilemma on their hands with regard to the financial aspects of these decisions and the PR spin that comes out of it, because I don't think it was an accident by any stretch of the imagination that we got that whole bit about Ryan Johnson's trilogy this week, because that comes right on the heels of Kathleen Kennedy's video being ratioed out of Really, I mean, the Oscars have turned off the likes and dislikes, have deleted all the comments and turned everything down. The last I saw, right before they shut all that stuff down, it had 100 upvotes, 100 likes, 100 thumbs up, and 10,000 thumbs down before they shut everything off. That's very telling because now... And Yellow Flash found this, and I saw his his video on it this morning. Now, since they have turned those off, people are going to other videos on the Academy's YouTube channel and brigading those and saying, why did you turn the comments off of this video? Why did Gina Carano get fired? Why is Kathleen Kennedy a hypocrite? There are a lot of things that are going on this is percolating, and it's going to become a much bigger problem for Disney than they, they, than they anticipate, I think. But 
we have a voice, at least for now, at least as long as we can until big tech decides to put their boot on our throats. We have the voice. And we have the means and we have the, the ability and we have the methods, whether you're using a big studio setup or if you're just on your, on your mobile device, on your cell phone with a headset. We have ways of talking with each other. We have ways of communicating with each other. We have ways of broadcasting what we think to people that are willing to listen. And it's that that is that is part of what's important here. I did a show a while back on the influence that Larry King and Johnny Carson had on me in terms of how how I interview people, how I approach conversations with guests and, and that sort of thing. Limbaugh also had a had an impact had an influence on how I do my job. I've been in, in media for 32 years. And his love and respect for his audience means something. That's significant. You show respect to your audience. And he had a standing policy that anybody that disagreed with him went to the head of the line on the callers. You don't shut down the dissent. You don't shut down the people who disagree with you. You don't, you don't turn away from a difficult conversation. People might not like it, everything that you say, and that's fine. Nobody is expected to like everything that I say. Hello, Cam1138. Welcome. Disagreements are going to happen. That's part of life. And for some of these people to expect that you must toe the line and agree with everything that I say or else, that's a dangerous place to be, folks. Whether you like Limbaugh or not, that's irrelevant. Where we are now in terms of the democratization of the media landscape that's a big part, and, and his show had a lot to do with it. Not just him, but all of us here who broadcast using alternate media, whether it's YouTube or BitChute or Rumble or Vimeo or TikTok or any of those channels, the landscape would be very, very different were it not for talk radio. People who are able to speak their minds, people who are able to offer up an opinion that is not necessarily the accepted group think, That's important. That matters. And the audience matters. It's not just, I'm going to go make whatever I think. I'm just, I just, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to make my own show and, 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 you know, let the chips fall where they may. The other part of that, when you talk about respecting the audience, is making something a movie, a book, a radio show, a podcast, a TV show, whatever, making something that's worth the time for the audience to put into it. I come to this show four days a week. Some days I put in more effort than others, I'll admit. And some days... I, like today, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, but consistency is a key to success. You keep doing the thing, and this is something that I enjoy doing. But at the same time, whether I enjoy it or not, it has to be worth your time, and it has to be worth your attention. There has to be value 
on this program, it, there has to be value for this channel in order for you to keep coming back. And those of you who keep coming back, thank you. Those of you who are brand new, thank you for being here. You all matter. You are all a part of whatever success that we have here. Whether it's a small success or a big one. If we blow up and suddenly have a million subscribers, you're a part of that. If we stay 1,500, 1,600 subscribers, you're a part of that. You're here. For whatever reason, you've decided that we're worth it. And I appreciate that. And, and there is probably not going to be an adequate way for me to express that appreciation other than to come in and do the best that I can do to give you something that entertains you, informs you, makes you think, something something you get out of it. Whether it's this show or Ranker Pit or Salacious Crumbs or Good Morning Multiverse or the H2O Podcast or Foreign Bodies, the school, the, the school closings list, any of the things that we do, it has to be worth your time. And if it's not worth your time, it's not worth us making it. Because we want to do things here that matter to you. And you may not agree with everything that we say. You may not like all of the things that we do. You may not like every show that we do. And that's fine. Some shows have done better than others. Some shows we've put on hiatus because there wasn't an audience for it. Or... In the case of Triple Bites, we didn't have an, enough resources and and source material to pull off, you know, a, a, a whole show on that. Because there's not as much Star Trek news floating out there as there is Star Wars. But we're constantly looking at how do we do it better. And we look at what other channels are doing we look at what other shows are doing i look at other other programs on other media i i listen to talk radio i i i pull ideas from lots of different places mazer says disagreeing is the dumbest thing people have incorporated into victim culture in the last 20 years it's overrated now as a reason to be angry agreed Nowadays, disagreeing is almost, you know, fighting words for some people. But social media has gotten us to a place where, where a certain sector of society chooses to be offended rather than discuss what offends them or why it offends them. I don't like what you said. Europe, fill in the blank with some pejorative, expletive, whatever. Okay, why do you feel that way? Why do you not like what I said? What is it about what I said that you don't like? The post that ostensibly got Gina Carano fired does not say what the media is continuously lying about saying that it said. And now you have articles saying that Gina Carano herself called for this whole cancel Disney Plus hashtag when she did not. That's a bold-faced lie. But there are going to be people that believe it because not enough people do their homework and do their research. And we'll get into that tonight. I don't want to I don't want to spoil that here. But you look at how people treat each other. And and the Limbaugh thing is just a just a the latest example, like I said. I'm concerned 
that as a people, we are moving into territory from which we may not be able to recover. I don't think we're past the point of no return yet. As a Christian, I have a, a, a responsibility to remain hopeful and optimistic. I really do think that we can be better. I do. I really do. I really do think that we can be better. I think that I can be better. There are, there are some things that I am, am guilty of, just like anybody else. Nobody's perfect. We all fall short, as they say. How do we do better? What kind of choices can we make? Because Twitter does not have that button that says, are you sure you want to post this? Facebook does not have the, you really want to do this? It's up to us to do that for ourselves. It's up to us to take the responsibility for not retweeting and not replying with hatred and vitriol and talking smack to each other. Good. Cam makes a good point. The first step to redeem oneself is to admit you're wrong. The people canceling others are convinced they're right. They think they're righteous. And, and this goes back to something I was talking about the other day. It's almost a religion, the cancel culture. They have their tokens, they have their rituals, they have their creeds, they have their, their leadership, their prophets, if you will. And it is almost very much like a religion. And if you go against this religion, I mean, it, I don't want to use the, the, the term holy war, but it almost feels that way sometimes. These people are at war with civilized society. They want to remake society in their image. And if you don't agree with them, or if you question them in any way, shape, or form, and Camille Paglia talks about this with third-wave feminism, she is a dyed-in-the-wool liberal feminist. And she has a problem with the militant third-wave feminists that are out there now, the man-haters, the misogyny, and the patriarchy. She says it goes, it goes completely towards undermining everything that the women's, the, the women's lib movement was about in the 60s and 70s. She's not a conservative. But she's calling out this cancel culture mentality because it's harmful there's no, there's no upside to cancel culture because eventually they'll come for you too. Cancel culture is a, a self-perpetuating a self-perpetuating well, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the word that I'm, that I'm looking for. That happens because I'm old. It is a hate movement, Cam. You're right. Um, Mazur's concession to being at fault is a lost art now. People have somehow been indoctrinated into the basic philosophical idea that admitting to being wrong is an ultimate shame. Plus, the, cell, the, thing, the thing that you, you look at there is as soon as you apologize for something, and, and Carano had this right when she was talking about it in Barry Weiss's article, as soon as you apologize, they're going to come after you anyway, whether you apologize or not. Because if you don't apologize, you're bad for what you think. If you do apologize, then aha, you're guilty. You're admitting your guilt. You can't win for losing. Circular firing squad, that's what I was looking for, yes. It, it is, it is self-perpetuating, the cancel culture, because they go after you, and then when they don't have any convenient targets left, they'll go after each other. We've seen that. And like we, dis like we discussed in Ranker Pit last week, there's a whole thread on this, and I may pull it up again tonight. 
Example after example after example after example of the cancel culture going after everyone. This is going on in society, but in the genre circles, comic books, video games, movies, television, those are microcosms. Those are microcosms that give us an insight into the rest of the world. You look at what's happening with Doctor Who. You look at what's happening with J.K. Rowling, for example. You look at what's happening with Star Wars. You look at what's happening with Star Trek, with Kurtzman Trek. Anybody who criticizes any of those things is automatically labeled a racist, transphobe, homophobe, sexist, bigot, whatever. We, we got it. We got it last weekend. We've crossed that Rubicon. We're not Nazis yet, but that's only a matter of time. It's it's scary on on one side of things. But also I think I also think that there is an opportunity here because you look at the Streisand effect, and I think we might end up having to call that the Gina Carano effect, because there are a lot of people who have not been aware of the culture war going on on Twitter, especially. People just don't pay attention. If it's not in my immediate sphere of influence, if it's not in my immediate circle of attention, you don't know about it. We know about it because we pay attention to all of this stuff. I look at this, this crap all the time. So I know everything. I, I, I see it all. I see videos talking about it. I see, I see whole conversations and threads on, on social media doing, you know, going back and forth on this stuff. So I'm hyper aware, if you will, Whereas you have somebody like Mrs. Boss who tries to stay away from a lot of that, or you have somebody like uh, like Tim Harvey who does not spend a whole lot of time on Twitter. And that's fine. I'm not saying, uh, by all means, stay off of Twitter. It is a cesspool. But the people who don't know that this stuff has been going on are now starting to wake up to the fact that this is going on. The Gina Carano thing is just another example of that that opens people up and they go, wait a minute, why did she get fired? Why did she get fired? And they start looking into this stuff and they see the stuff that she posts and some people are like, well, that's not anti-Semitic. And the wheels start to turn. And the smoke starts to start to come out the ears and people start to think. And whatever you may think about the lockdown and the pen, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, this idea of don't congregate, it has negative connotations to it. Don't talk to each other. Don't compare notes. Don't discuss this and try to figure things out. We want you to not, not gather together. Now, if you want to assign nefarious motivations to that, I can't say you're, you're wrong. I can't say you're right either. That's a matter of opinion. But the media says one thing, then the media says something else, then the media says something else, and the government says something, and the government says something else, and the government says something else, and then all of these unelected officials at these agencies say different things back and forth and back and forth. Who knows what the truth is about anything? And we know the media is lying about Gina Carano. And people are starting to figure this out. Maybe it's an opportunity to point out the baseless accusations, the unmitigated gall that some people have to manufacture crises, to manufacture harm to reputations. People are doing this on purpose. 
They're hijacking movements. The Me Too movement, sure, fine. There were people that did things that were bad things. And they should be punished accordingly. But then that movement got hijacked. And everybody became a target. Every movement gets hijacked by politics. Whether it's social engineering politics or political party politics, doesn't matter. When you start injecting politics into whatever it is that you're discussing, you're automatically, by, by the nature of the argument, you are going to have enemies. And I guess the question then becomes, are you ready to be judged by the enemies you have? Because there are some people who are measured by that standard. We're not big enough. We're not there yet. And, and for all that I have staff here that disagree with me, we're not enemies. We're not militant about it. We're not going to sit there and say, you must agree with us. And Mazur's yes, the, the, the stronger religious fundamentalists did this a long time ago. And I would say that you could see a lot of people who make that comparison with the religious groups in the 80s and 90s as far as censorship and Tipper Gore and D&D and, and all of that. But I don't recall. I grew up in that time, same as you. I don't recall it ever being this bad to the point where it causes riots in the street and the dissolution of friendships and people getting fired over what they think. Now, granted, we didn't have social media back then and the internet was just becoming a thing. Would that have made a difference? Probably. But I don't know, as a society, I don't think that we were at the point then, mentally, emotionally, socially, I don't think we were at the point then where we are now. And there's a lot that goes into that. The entertainment media is one of those things that factors into that. And as much as I could probably wax philosophic about a number of different topics that have absolutely nothing to do with science fiction, fantasy, and horror, I try to keep my comments limited to that scope. But it does bleed over because, like I said, all of these discussions of fandoms are microcosms of what's going on in society in general. And there is an intersection. There is overlap. And there is this, this idea that, you know, you can't, you can't talk about one without the other. Cam, you're right. People with principled arguments said, no, this goes too far. Today, there are no principles. I would, I would agree with that uh, about 90%. I think there are still some people who sit there and go, nope, I'm not going to engage. This is, this is, this is a line too far. I mean, on, on, the, on the side of the left, you look, at, you look at Tulsi Gabbard, for example. Tulsi Gabbard, to me, seems like a fairly rational liberal. But she's not far enough to the left. So she becomes a target. So it's not about party. And I've talked about this before. Clownfish TV. They're not Republicans. Just some guy. Not a Republican. Andre over at Midnight's Edge. He's not even an American. I think he's in Sweden. Maybe. We have people in our audience from Canada. And like I said, you know, we've got people listening to our podcast in Germany and Sweden and the UK, South Africa. 
So it's not about Republican-Democrat. And I don't even think it's about conservative-liberal at this point. I think it goes much more fundamental than that. And I'm not going to go so far as to categorize the progressive left as evil. But I have used the phrase lunatic left a number of times. And I don't even know if politics has very much to do with it in terms of, you know, because politics usually start talking about policy, government policy, government agencies, regulatory things and all of that. I think it goes even deeper than that. In a civilized society, there are certain givens. There are certain things that must be true in order for a society to survive. And it's at that base foundation, that core of who we are as people, that's what's under attack. The very fabric of what makes us civilized is under attack. Cam makes a good point. It's about those people who believe in individual freedom and those who do, those who do not. That's an excellent point. Not just individual freedom, but individual responsibility. I am responsible for me. I am responsible for my actions. And biblically, as the head of the household, I am responsible for my family. Not just from a standpoint of behavior and credibility, but I'm also responsible for their souls. I'm responsible. That's a heavy responsibility. But I'm also responsible for how I treat other people. Mazers, um, uh, Cam1138 is right there in the chat along with you. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, we are broadcasting to another site. We're broadcasting to Twitch and, and Facebook. Cam, are you watching us on on YouTube or are you watching us on uh, on on Facebook? I've, I'm seeing these these comments in the in the YouTube chat. That's interesting. If Cam does not see, or if if Mazerus doesn't see Cam in the chat, is YouTube up to their old shenanigans, or is this new shenanigans? That's very strange. Oh, Mazur says, if Cam's watching on a cell phone, sometimes comments don't appear to PC users and vice versa. There is also, uh, well, the, the other thing, too, and I know Robert had complained about this when he came in the other day. YouTube also defaults, whenever you go into a chat, the chat widget, it defaults to top chat. If you switch it to live chat, you can actually see the comments as they roll through. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know if that will make a difference or not. Um, but I have noticed that, that YouTube... Uh, oh, that was it. Okay, Mazurus, that was it. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad that it was an easy answer because I know sometimes how frustrating that can be when it doesn't, it doesn't quite fix whatever it is that's going on. Yeah. But yeah, YouTube, for those of you who watch on YouTube, any, any video, if you go in and if you're going into the chat, it always defaults to top chat. Which, I don't know how the algorithm determines that, but if you... No, 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 Mazers, it's okay. You didn't derail anything. But that does, that does raise that concern. I mean, Cam, Cam's right. How much is shadow banning? How much is YouTube playing with what we see and what we don't see? I mean, you look at the, you look at the battle that's going on right now in Australia over Google and Facebook and whether or, that, whether or not they should compensate news sites for listing, listing news articles on their, on their search results. Google's making deals. Facebook is not. Facebook could pull out of Australia because of this new law that they've got going on. <laughs> Mazer says, Top Chat seems like a setting for narcissists. You have, uh, what was that, what's that show in the UK, Top, oh, it's the car, it's the, it's the, the, the gadgets, 
Oh, shoot. I can't even remember what the name of the thing is called. But to doesn't Top Chat sound like a reality show? Top Gear. Thank you. But doesn't Top Chat sound like it's it's in that in that vein of reality programs? Today on Top Chat. Blech. It's just one of those things. And like I said at, at, at the beginning in all of this, everybody who comes here, Mazarus, Cam, Sci-Fi Snob, Robert, you know, there, there, are, there are people that come in all the time. Super JLK, Eastland. I see regulars. I see people who come in here and are, and are in the conversation and are part of the program, and you're regulars, and and you you come here as opposed to coming as opposed to going other places, and that that matters. I I appreciate all of you being here, and and I appreciate you coming back because that means I guess we're at least partially getting things right, and we'll continue to make the efforts to get it right uh, as much as we're able. Now, coming up next week, um, we don't have a full lineup set up yet, but I think on Monday, I think on Monday, we're going to do a little test. It's going to be Mrs. Boss Monday. I'm going to let her fill in at least part of the hour just to give her a little bit of practice in doing this part, because coming up in March, there's going to be a few days I've got to be out. Because the Big 12 Basketball Championship is going on again here in Kansas City, and they have requested my presence on the TV crew. So I will be out for that middle of March. So we've got to make some preparations here. So Mrs. Boss is going to have first chair on Monday, at least for a part of the program. We'll see how that goes. So, uh, so plan for that. And of course, you know, we've got all of these other programs that we're going to be doing on Saturday. Uh, we mentioned some experiments on Saturday. We've got a brand new foreign bodies with, uh, Leslie and Tim at 1 PM Eastern. Normally this is a pre-recorded show, but Leslie has been having power outages this week and we have not had a chance to record so on saturday we're going to be doing the very first live foreign bodies here on sci-fi for me tv that's gonna be at 1 p.m eastern on saturday so be checking that out and then of course on saturday morning at 11 a.m we've got good morning multiverse with the headlines from the week and then tonight 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 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, a brand new Ranker Pit. Everybody's going to be back. We've got Tom from Midnight's Edge. Cameron Pasha is going to be a guest. I do have invitations out for some other folks to be here, but I haven't heard back yet. So we might get some other surprises. We're going to be talking about the latest developments in the Gina Carano thing and some other topics i'm sure we'll we'll get to various different things but that's the that's the news of the week so that's what we'll be talking about primarily that'll be coming up tonight we do invite you to join us there and if you are new to the channel we do invite you to subscribe have your notifications turned on sign up for our newsletter find us on all the social media as much as i despise social media it is a tool for us to communicate with you when things are going on and stay in stay in touch and that's very important here so that's going to do it for us thanks very much for being here today if you are listening on the podcast side of things be sure to rate and review if you like that does help us find additional audience and i heard the other day and I have yet to verify this. I haven't had time to look into it. But I have heard that if you like the video, you know, hit the thumbs up video and also leave a comment, then that helps the algorithm as well. I Like I said, I have not looked into that. 
but uh, it might actually help in in getting us onto various different recommendation lists. So we can try that. We can experiment with it. Uh, leave a comment or not, as you will. And of course, uh, any feedback that you want to send us by email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. You can suggest topics. You can ask us questions. Uh, you can suggest guests for us to invite. We've got a number of invitations out. We're waiting here back so we can schedule people to come in here and have conversations with them. And we are also starting to have some conversations with events about coming out and broadcasting from the events that are coming up here in the year. So things are moving back toward normal a little bit. We'll keep you posted. In the meantime, remember, there are four lights back here on Monday. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.